When I think about my work life, I'm always thinking about growth. I don't really care for the fanciest title or the most glamorous role right now. I'm more interested in the opportunities to improve and to learn. So for me, feeling validated in my work life has been and continues to be a process. Believing that I'm in the right place at the right time and capable of what I'm doing is not always as easy as it sounds. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about growth. We're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. But we'll start with our main question, passion, purpose, or paycheck. Let's get into it. The guest that I have today is someone that when I look at her life, I look at her Instagram, I'm like, this person knows exactly what's going on. She has it all figured out. I'm super excited to welcome Manuela Barsenas as episode two guest on the Life Like You podcast. Manuela, how's it going? Thank you, David. You're too kind. I don't have everything figured out. Just so the audience knows, that's not true. Maybe I need to show a little bit of, you know, the the negatives on Instagram and not just the highlights. But I'm really, really excited to be here. And those are some really kind words. Thank you. (laughs) It's really great to have you. Last I heard, I was um, I was talking to a few mutual friends that we shared. I heard that you escaped the Canadian winter. You went. (laughs) to a warmer climate. Are you back in Ottawa now? Or are you still, am, are you still I'm down back south? in Ottawa, yeah. So as you know, I'm originally from Colombia and it had been months, almost a year since I last saw my family. So I was very blessed to be able to see them after such a long time. But now I'm back and right. super excited to enjoy, you know, the Canadian adventures, continue my Canadian adventures. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it seems like you brought warmer weather back with you. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in Toronto, so we don't get as quite of a brutal winter as you get in, in Ottawa. Um, but I'm really excited because now all the snow is melting and it seems like spring is around the corner. Uh, for this episode, we are still digging into the question around work life, which is passion, purpose, or paychecks. As a little bit of a refresher on last week's episode, we were able to talk to Lily about her journey through you know, creating a company called Back Pocket and trying to answer that question. And Manuel, I'm really excited to talk to you about this question as well, because your journey is a little bit different, stepping out of university joining a really uh, young company and being kind of that core member of the team who's been able to help out with the team as as it's grown. So I want to pose that question to you first. If you were to answer the question of passion, purpose, or paychecks, what would you say? You know what? I would say purpose. I think think purpose is really important to me. Like if... Mm -hmm. Um, if the company where I worked didn't have like a clear purpose and a mission to help other people, I don't think I would be as passionate and involved in what I do. So I think purpose for me is really important. And I think passion and paycheck come after that. You know, like once you find something that makes you really excited, like a purpose that you're really excited about, then the other two things will come, right? Yeah, I agree. And so would you say that that's really what motivated you for that that first role at Fellow? Because I was thinking about a similar journey that I think very we, we parallel experiences very well in, in terms of the role I'm in right now is in a, a young and growing company. Um, and I was thinking about how do you really decide on that first role? Because it is quite important, especially when you're leaving university and you're trying to set up your career. So what's purpose or the, the company's purpose, the one of the biggest factors for you making the decision to join yeah it was the company's purpose like since the moment i met aiden the ceo fellow he told me our main mission as a company is to help managers just understand that they can become better leaders and help them become those you know great leaders and 
Uh, it's funny, David, I don't know if you remember, you and I competed against each other in a leadership uh, <laughs> conference in university. Uh, so clearly, like we've both been very passionate about these topics, right, for a long time, like the topics of leadership, how to make an impact on people. So when I heard this, when when the founder told me, yeah, this company is all about helping managers be better leaders, I was on board. Mm, mm. That's really great to hear. Yeah, actually, that's that's quite funny. I think that was... Probably one of the first times that we had an interaction Probably, interaction yeah. was that was that leadership conference uh, at Carlton. Um, you gave a, a twenty, I would say maybe like twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think I think second year, so it must have been twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, which seems like ages ago um, now. But clearly, Carlton University is breeding. I don't know, like alien <laughs> leaders, because a lot of people uh, from the university have been able to go on and do some amazing things. Um, and and I I agree with you. I think when we're looking at um, where we put a lot of our energy, it's really the things that matter the most to you. And like you've mentioned, helping people um, might be it for you. It might be something else for someone else. When you take a step back to your university experience, what would you say were some of those key experiences that you were able to take away from Carlton and now apply into your current role? Yeah, I think definitely. I always tell this to you know students, um, the extracurriculars make the experience, right? So don't just like go to class, go back home and do your homework. Like I found that joining OLAS, the Latin American Association and being the co-president there, that was like my first leadership role, right? In university. Um, it taught me so much about managing a team and what it means to, oh, actually like I was running these meetings and, and helping people do their job and facilitating and delegating tasks. So that was like a really great experience to understand, okay, this is what leaders do, right? Like when they lead teams. And then uh, joining the Residence Life team and my role there was being, uh, it was called community developer. So basically I was in charge of building community and organizing events. So all residence students felt like they were a part of something. So yeah, going back to your question about what experiences really impacted me, I don't think it was like the classes I attended. It was definitely the extracurriculars and the jobs that I took in university. At the end of the day, when I look back, let's say when I applied to work at Fellow, do you think Aiden ever asked me about my grades? Never. No chance. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing he cared about was, uh, okay, so what did you do outside of class? Like what, what extracurriculars did you take? Uh, what internships did you do? Have you volunteered at any organization? Because that shows, you know, like what you're passionate about. It shows, okay, this person has like experience, as I said before, like maybe managing teams, even if they're like student teams, right? Like all these experiences give you like this first insight into what, you know, the real world looks like. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, and obviously, you know, in certain roles, we care a lot about your grades. So if you're trying to be a doctor, I'm only <laughs> going to put my life in the hands of someone who might have graduated top of their class. But I think class is really there for giving you an idea of the work ethic it takes to be successful. But like you said, hopping outside of that and interacting with communities, you meet so many different people, you learn so many invaluable skills that you might not really get in the classroom. I was actually looking at this Instagram post today that was talking about the things that were taught in class and all of the things that were not taught in class. So dealing with stressful situations or learning about mental health or the value of sleep, like those other things that I would say since I've graduated have become more of a focus than solving a specific equation. Um, those are the things that you learn when you step outside of the classroom and, and get involved in those communities. Coming up next, Manuela shares how she uses journaling to combat imposter syndrome 
and introduces me to the concept of the I Got This document. Stay tuned. Um, I think something that a lot of us struggle with, especially when we're being younger and we're stepping into our new roles, is the topic of imposter syndrome and not feeling like we belong or not feeling like our accomplishments are valid. Um, so to start us off, like, do you experience that at all? How does it manifest? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about how we deal with those things when they come up. Yeah, I experience imposter syndrome a lot. I would say like every week I have a moment when I think to myself like, oh shit, <laughs> like do, do am, I, am I skilled enough? Am I experienced enough to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, recently, uh, I'm, I'm really excited and feel really blessed. I got promoted to a management position and now I'm managing a, a group of people. Oh, and we obviously, love that. Love yeah. That. And obviously, thank you. Obviously in that moment, I, I thought to myself, like, I'm, I'm probably younger than some of these people. Am I experienced enough to be a marketing manager? Right. Um, mm-hmm. so I think you're not alone. I think we all experience those moments, but I do have like a list of things that I, that have helped me. Uh, overcome imposter syndrome if you want to get into them yeah if you if you want to share like some of the things that you do i have some things that um i i try to i try to do to be able to battle imposter syndrome um but maybe we can start with one that you have and and just kind of go back and forth yeah let's talk about them so the first one for me is i journal a lot so i write my thoughts every morning and something that i found helps a lot is writing positive affirmations so when i'm i'm facing like moments of uh, fear, anxiety, or just like feeling that feeling of imposter syndrome, I write things such as I'm a knowledgeable marketing leader who, you know, has the knowledge and experience to get shit done. You know, <laughs> like I write stuff like this that makes me feel empowered and makes me feel good about myself. I, um, I think I saw, I might've seen the five minute journal probably on your story yeah. um, or on someone else's story. Um, so I've been using, I've been using the journal since October and the reason that I started using it was I think COVID was one thing that caused a lot of anxiety because I had just stepped into my role and I wasn't too sure how to approach it. Um, and then after a certain amount of time, you feel accustomed to the role. And the next thing is like, okay, what is my performance? Is my performance really what I want it to be? So in October, I started using the five-minute journal. One, because I wanted to add a little bit more structure to my life. But the second one is those affirmations are, are super helpful. Whenever you've had a bad day or maybe like, two back-to-back sales calls didn't go your way, screen share didn't work, or your Wi-Fi kind of cut out. It's really nice to be able to go back to those affirmations and remind yourself that you're in this role for a reason because someone literally sat down, interviewed you, and selected you for the role, right? You didn't get into it by accident. So those affirmations are extremely key. Yeah, I agree. Like journaling has been such an important part of my personal growth in the last year. I only started it like you at the beginning of the pandemic. And I love looking back at my entries from a year ago and thinking like, whoa, I've actually grown and learned a lot in the last like 12 months. So it's really cool. Uh, the second thing I, I was going to talk about in terms of like overcoming imposter syndrome is I keep a file where I write down my accomplishments. So every time my manager or a coworker gives me positive feedback, I immediately write it down. So obviously our software fellow allows you to do this. Like we have a feedback section where you can collect feedback from other coworkers. So I use fellow for that, but you could use anything, right? Like a notebook, a Google doc, 
Um, and I keep track of all the positive feedback I get, I get from my manager and from other coworkers. So it's really nice because at the end of the year, when let's say you have a performance review with your boss, then you have all this, you know, like the list of all the great things that you did throughout the year and things that you're proud of. So it's not going to be hard to come up with them at the end of the year for your performance review, but it's also a great thing to look back at, for example, in these moments of imposter syndrome and read, okay, Last month, I launched this really cool project that I'm really proud of. And two months ago, I hit quota earlier, you know, like two weeks earlier. So just like write down your accomplishments and you'll feel so good about them throughout the year. Quick plug for fellow, if anyone who's listening is a manager and you're looking for a way to organize uh, the feedback that you have, definitely check out fellow. But I think, Manuela, the reason that that point is so powerful is that I don't think imposter syndrome is, is something that's cured. I don't think it's like... You get to a point where, okay, now I, I never feel this anymore. I've I've overcome it. So by having sort of a timeline of all the feedback that you're getting from so many different people, kind of like the affirmations and going back to it, you know, you might have two weeks where you feel like I'm a boss, like no one can tell me anything. I got it. You know, like I'm crushing my role. And then you might have a stretch where it's the opposite. So by being able to look at those things that you're not only saying about yourself, but other people are saying about you might be, be able to overcome it a little bit better. Yeah, so it was actually one of my coworkers, Alexandra, who, when I joined Fellow, taught me to start doing this, right? Because she said, "Look, a lot of a lot of people face imposter syndrome, and this is one of the yeah. things that had helped her in her journey. And we call it the I got this document. So, like, anytime you feel like, like a little that. bit of an imposter syndrome, you say, like, I got this. I'm gonna look back at this document and feel better about myself. So, I think it's a great practice. I also have a folder in my Gmail called Wins." So every time I get an email that is mm-hmm. positive in some way, or for example, we have a podcast that fellow called Super Managers, and sometimes I reach out to people that I'm like, oh, there's no way this person is going to say yes, but I'm still going to reach out to them. And then they said, yes, I would love to be a guest on your podcast. Like that goes to the wins folder, right? And then it makes me feel good about myself. Honestly, I think I have to start doing that. I work in a sales role, so <laughs> I get, I would say 90% of the replies I get over email are, are negative. And to me, like I've been in sales now long enough that I typically chuckle at those things. I, I find them quite amusing, um, but it's usually more memorable than when you book a demo, even though the demo is the actual win. So I think by, you know, taking on that that tip that you just gave of saying, you know, every time I get a demo, I'm going to count this as a win and going back to it. That is one way to be able to overcome imposter syndrome. Yeah, count your wins. And it's the same for, I guess, managers and leaders out there, right? It's like, so many times we focus on the negatives, even like giving constructive feedback to our teams that we don't we don't realize, oh, it's been two weeks since I told this person that they're doing a great job, right? Mm. So I think it goes both ways. Like we should count our own wins and we should also highlight other people's wins at work. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Like it, it kind of goes full circle because you know that if you're feeling, then someone else will be feeling it too. So being able to give them that that love and that affirmation as well. And one last thing I was going to say about imposter syndrome is um, accountability partners. So we have a group at work of, you know, a couple of women that have really like we've really become like accountability partners in this sense. So, for example, we're at a company wide meeting and I say something like, you know, like we all say this thing like there was a time when in a company wide meeting, I said something like, oh, I don't know if anyone will be interested in this, but, you know, and then I said something. And my coworker sent me feedback saying like, hey, Manuela, I just wanted to let you know that you shouldn't say this because we're all interested in what you have to say. But by saying that, you're almost like, you know, like putting yourself, you know, under or whatever. 
it's almost like we we say those things to soften the fall a little bit so we're almost trying to prepare ourselves for maybe the rejection that might come by saying oh i don't know if anyone would be interested but then saying it and then if people are interested you're like okay cool but if they're not you're like okay i feel like i was already prepared for people not to be interested um and that's like you know i think that's a sign that we might not have all the confidence in in our ideas but by putting it out there by having someone like you mentioned who can support um and i think it might take away a little bit from that feeling of not not having the total confidence or strength or belief in the idea that you're putting forward up next manuelo and i both break the rules with a bunch of shoutouts in the celebration of life segment don't go anywhere we're just getting started we're going to celebrate someone's life today someone who might have had an impact on you manuela um so i'll put it on you to start and then i'll i'll give my shout out after oh my god i have so many people to celebrate can it be like four quick shout outs oh, for, yeah <laughs> go for it go for okay. it okay okay my first shout out would go to aiden who is the ceo at fellow i think he's been a great mentor he's gone above above and beyond to make sure that i'm always gaining new responsibilities sharing books with me sharing you know like marketing courses and stuff like that so i've always appreciated that he started this you know like manager director board relationship from a place of trust and that's something i've learned for future people that i manage is always start with trust like trust people to do to do their work and then if they make a mistake you correct them right but don't start with like the corrections first start with like just mm. giving them fully responsibility over over things I love so that. that's something that I've learned a lot from him. I also, yeah, a, a quick shout out to like three other people. So um, this is like a group of two people. So my friends, Lauren and Ali, they celebrate every single one of my accomplishments and literally listen to every single podcast interview that I've done. <laughs> so like people listening or maybe you, David, maybe you can think of friends like this. Like if you can find yeah. friends that support you and cheer on you on like the smallest things you do. Just make sure that you take care of those friendships. It's so important. Sure. Uh, and then my third group, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has done this, but I had so many people that I thought about. No, it's, um, go for it. You're, you're a trailblazer. Is, um, I'm really, really close to my family. So my parents and my sister. And I'm going to add my boyfriend, David, to that combo. Um, just like my family and my partner uh, have been such an inspiration and support in my life. And I think that if you can find people that really make you a better person and inspire you to be better every day like my family and my partner do um you, you'll be at a great place that's awesome I'll, i'll also break the rules since you since you broke the rules first and i'll yeah. do a, a bigger shout out as well um right. i think just shout out to everyone who like i mentioned at the start of the episode you know it was the first day that that i really posted about it publicly so Shout out to everyone who showed love, who shared, who reached out and supported. Can't name everyone uh, top of mind right now, but uh, I've been trying to keep up with everyone who's shown support. And also, I'm going to give a shout out to David. Um, I wasn't sure if you were going to mention him first, so I kind of waited and you mentioned him. So giving a shout out to David, who's Manuel's partner. Uh, he was actually the one who sent me the very first recommendation of a sales book that I should read. Um, 
and it's called fanatical prospecting. It kind of talks about the things that you need to do that are maybe not the most glorified things to be able to be successful as a salesperson. Um, and he sent me that book and I read it before my very first sales role. And it really changed my perspective stepping into the first day in the office. So shout out to David, really amazing guy, super hard worker. Those are my shout outs. Yeah, honestly, we're blessed to have friends and just like a network of people that are very, very hardworking, very driven. And I would tell people, uh, I mean, James Clear says it in Atomic Habits, right? If you want to build habits, one of the easiest things you can do is surround yourself by people that already have those habits. And I think that has been key for me in the past couple of years. That's awesome. So shout out to everyone that we just talked about. We talked about David. We talked about Lauren and Ali. I believe I got their names right. Yeah, Lorena and Ali. <laughs> and, and then Aiden, CEO of Fellow. Uh, we appreciate y'all. We're celebrating your lives today. Sticking with the theme of career and something that I really want to hear your thoughts on is, do you feel like there's a point in time, maybe in your personal experience or generally, that you woke up one day, you logged in, you were like, okay, like now I feel like I'm the expert of marketing at Fellow. Like at what point do you start to feel like you're the expert of your role? I woke up from one day to the other. I was an expert. <laughs> no, um, I like this question because I'm a really big fan of James Clear's work, right? Like the author of Atomic Habits. Yeah. And in that book, he says, he, he really states this concept of it's a journey. We shouldn't focus on the goal. Like we're, we should always be improving and focus on the processes and not the goals, right? So I'm going to start my question by saying, my answer, sorry, by saying this, because I don't think I'll ever be an expert. I like to have this mindset that I will never be a marketing expert. Like I'm always improving, always learning, but I don't want to be that person that just like thinks that they know, they know it all. Right. However, I think it is important to, to almost like gain the confidence and, and, and yeah, see yourself as someone who's very knowledgeable in your space. So I have gained this confidence in marketing for sure. Um, I think you realize you are, you know, like becoming this expert in your role when you start listening to other people, maybe on podcasts, maybe on workshops, maybe, you know, on marketing blogs. And then you read all these things and you're like, oh, I'm already doing this. Okay, good. Okay. You know, like I'm on the right journey. I'm on the right path. Um, So I think that's when I started realizing like, okay, I think I know more than I thought I knew. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the, the aspect of reading books and all the things that you put together, but what do you think were some of those steps that might've happened, maybe even subconsciously that ultimately got to the point where if you hear someone else presenting on marketing, you're like, oh, that's something that I could have contributed to this conversation. Like, what do you think those steps kind of look like for you? I think the steps are like, always be learning about your, your craft, right? Whether it is marketing sales, if you're in customer success, like I try to, um, you know, sign up for marketing podcasts and newsletters. I have like a couple of marketing role models, like people that I follow on LinkedIn. They have they have a podcast and they have career paths that look very much what what I want to accomplish in like five to 10 years. So I think that having those role models in your field can really make a big impact. Um, So for me, uh, if anyone's in marketing out there, I follow uh, a man called Dave Gerhardt. And he was the first marketing hire at a startup, then became a marketing manager, then became a VP of marketing. And now like 20 years after his career started, he's now a CMO at another company, right? So I look at him and I think, okay, he has a very similar 
career path. You know, like he started as the first marketing hire at a startup. And so I, I follow it. I follow everything he writes, everything he posts. Um, so I have a, a couple other people like that. But I think that following these people that you almost look up to um, is a really great way to to learn. So I would I would advise people to find that person in their in their field. I like I really like what you said when you said I don't think I'll ever be an expert, um, but it's more just the curiosity piece of maybe it's following people or looking things up or searching. There's so many resources that exist nowadays. And I know like the conversation that we're having is probably more geared towards startups or tech companies, but I don't think that it's it's not applicable outside of this. I think in any role that you're in, if you have that curiosity to learn, that's really when you can get to a point where you feel completely comfortable navigating those conversations. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's all about just getting a little bit better every, every day, day, every yeah. week, right? Um I, I really like this 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 concept of focusing on systems instead of goals. Like, yeah, mm. my goal is to become an expert marketer, but if I don't have a system to achieve this, then like, how am I going to do that? So maybe my system is to read uh, a couple of mar- marketing blog posts per week, always be reading a marketing book, yeah. you know, listen to marketing podcasts when I walk to the gym, when I go to to the grocery store, like I put on a marketing podcast. So it's just like having these systems and these methods instead of just like a high level goal, um, such as I'm going to be a marketing expert, but okay, what are you going to do about it? Right? Like sign up for online courses, read more on the topic and never stop learning. That's like my life motto. If I could pick one is never stop learning. Never stop learning. I love that. Um, getting into one of the other questions I wanted to chat with you about is having a growth mindset. And it's, it's a very popular topic. A lot of people know what a growth mindset is as opposed to having a fixed mindset. But how would you say that you practice a growth mindset? Um, and has that changed for you at all? It's looking back two and a half years ago at your very start to the point that you're at right now. Yeah. So how I see having a growth mindset is just knowing that you can get better at anything with the right tools, the right mentors, and just the right you know amount of practice and dedication. So I think this view has helped me a lot in my professional development because Every time I make a mistake at work or I get constructive feedback, right? We all do. I just say it from a growth mindset and I think, okay, this feedback is just going to help me get better at this. Like this person is not giving me feedback because they don't like me or because I suck at my job. Because that's what Carol Dweck says in her book, Mindset. Like people with a closed uh, mindset think whenever they get feedback, they think, oh, I suck at this. I'm really bad at this. And they just like get really down and depressed, right? People with a growth mindset see opportunities like this as, you know, moments of improvement, opportunities to get better at something. So I think that's how I that's how I I've applied the growth mindset in my life. And it's also this almost like thirst to always be improving and always be learning, because I know that with the right amount of, you know, um, dedication and, and just like, as I said, mentors and practice, you can learn anything you want and you can get better at anything you want. Yeah. Do you think that it's it's hard to to always have that growth mindset? Because like just thinking about experiences in the workplace, there are just so many different things that might be on your plate or so many different things to think about that sometimes it is easy to just take it personal and be like, you know, maybe like this isn't for me or maybe there's someone else who can do it better. So do you think it's easy to be able to take that feedback and really internalize it, think about it and then apply it as, you know, something that can be constructive moving forward? Yeah, it's not easy, especially 
it depends on your workplace culture, right? I think it also starts with like the leaders in the company, uh, almost like preaching this concept of feedback is a gift. And when we give feedback, we give it to help other people improve, not to like shut down other people or criticize them as a person. So I think it starts with the company culture. I think I've been really lucky to work at a place where uh, I know every piece of feedback shared is always always comes from a place of uh, goodwill and a place of care, right? So anytime my manager gives me feedback, anytime a coworker gives me feedback, I know they're doing it because they see the potential in me to get better, to to do better. Um, so it's not easy if you feel like your workplace culture is not like that, I, I would say. Um, but it, it can always start with yourself, right? Like if you start telling people about this, um, just sharing the concept of feedback is a gift and feedback should never be personal. Like it should never be about the person, but about the work. So for example, if I tell you, um, I don't know, like David, uh, you're, you're, I don't know, like you are very disrespectful because you are lazy and you are always late to meetings. It's like, oh, wow, it's totally about you. And that's not how I should be sharing feedback with right. you. But if I tell you like, Hey David, like there were there was a recent behavior that affected the team and because of that the meeting ended late. Like I'm not saying anything about you. I'm saying like there was a behavior, you know, right. that affected the team. But I'm not yeah. saying you are this and you are that. So um I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it's it, it starts with the way we share feedback and the way we talk about feedback in our workplace. And if if, if your workplace doesn't currently have like a, a healthy feedback culture you can always start with yourself just talking about this concept of feedback is a good thing it doesn't have to be scary you know yeah that definitely answers the question i think you hit on two key things there the first one being the environment so um not only you know your community or your immediate community who you surround yourselves with but even in the workplace what does that environment look like is it one with a culture where people can easily share feedback all for the common goal of getting better as individuals and as a company. And then the second thing that you said that I really like is that if that doesn't exist, it's not to say that you have to up and leave or you have to also be part of a culture that doesn't promote feedback, but it can start with you. So the way that you give feedback to other, I believe can be super contagious and then ultimately, you know, elevate that to leadership or executive and then it'll, it'll become a trickle down type of thing so yeah i think if this is something you think maybe your team or your company is lacking like you could always talk to your manager you could say like hey i think this is missing maybe we can do something about it maybe your company's bigger and you can talk to hr right um but yeah i think it's important for us as you know i know this podcast is for young people and i think it's important for us as young leaders to step up and really you know like talk about those things that maybe aren't working at work and talk to talk to our managers about them talk to hr about them because that's what true leadership is right like you don't need a leadership title to to make an impact on on the organization as a whole man manuela came on the podcast and she is dropping some <laughs> gems um this this is an, an amazing conversation um, i also want to talk a little bit about the super managers podcast um because that's something that was born right out of fellow uh, can you just give like a general overview on the, the kind of discussions that you're having on super managers? Yeah. So on super managers, we interview leaders, mostly from tech companies, but we've interviewed leaders from all walks of life. And we basically just, uh, you know, ask them about the habits and the experiences that have helped them become better leaders and better managers. So it's been definitely one of my favorite projects to work on. Uh, we started it, I think it was, yeah, the idea started like in late 2019 when we started interviewing people. 
And now we're getting closer to 50 episodes. Episode number 50 is going to have a very special guest. So I'm really excited about it. We're going to announce it soon. Um, but it's a big milestone for us. So stay stay tuned to the Superman Aries podcast and to episode 50. That's awesome. I mean, if you like everything Manila is saying right now, <laughs> Um, you can tap into that resource of the Super Managers podcast because uh, one of the reasons that I really wanted to get you on is I, I follow obviously on Instagram, but also on LinkedIn. And I just see the kind of content that you put out and the thoughts that you share. Um, and it's always really, really encouraging and impressive to see the kind of things that, that you're doing. But also just like, I really love when people are able to tap into a resource. And, and I made the joke that you have your, your life figured out, but tap into a resource, kind of figure out things that work for them but they are giving enough and unselfish to, to share that out with other people and say, hey, this is something that I figured out. Um, try it out, it might work for you. And that's really something that I admire uh, about you and about the work that you're doing at Fellow. So really want to plug Super Managers. There's a 50th guest. Um, it's not me, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> maybe at some point soon, maybe. <laughs> Up next is story time. And we leave you all with some life lessons. So I actually wanted to share a very quick story with you yeah. and, and get your reaction. Uh, going back to the theme of imposter syndrome. So it was very, I think it was about a year ago, I had just joined my most recent company. Uh, and I came in uh, really as the the first real hire in the sales uh, organization, the sales team. Obviously, very exciting time. Obviously, super nerve wracking as well, because uh, it was my first time. I, I feel like I kind of just elevated a couple of roles before I was working just as a business development rep and then now going into leading a sales team. And it was like our very first pitch and it was in person. But as a bit of context, I'm coming from two other companies where uh, it's very startup-y. So it's like you can come to work in sweatpants, you can come to work in shorts, whatever, and it's fine. Usually I'm wearing Nike or Vans sneakers and like a, a pullover that's a little bit more trendy. Um, but we had a pitch in Mississauga, which is about an hour from Toronto and Toronto traffic is really bad. So um, I'm already planning ahead. Like I'm going to leave the office at this time. I want to get to the pitch at this time and get there about 15 minutes early. So I call an Uber and it's saying like, we'll be there in half an hour, which is about half an hour before the pitch starts. And I fall asleep in the Uber thinking, let me just get a quick nap in and we'll be there soon. And I wake up, it's 10 minutes before the pitch. And we're still not there. We're still stuck in traffic. Uh, and I start to freak out. I get an email from the two team members I was pitching with. We're like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in the Uber, like on my way. Think like taken. This is still like my first few days. So I'm already thinking like I'm making such a horrible first impression. And I'm so focused on the traffic situation that I'm not really thinking about like what I have on. Um, so you eventually get there. It's like two minutes before the pitch. Obviously, like things are a little bit tense because anytime someone's late for a meeting, you're just kind of on edge. Um, and I go into the room, my, my two team members are there and they're wearing like really nice, like button ups, long sleeve with like proper pants and, and dress shoes. And I'm wearing like a pullover. I'm wearing a polo, but it's short sleeve. I'm wearing like pants that are kind of nice. Uh, and I'm wearing like vans <laughs> white vans and i remember like my teammates like stay in the background of the meeting like don't try to do anything so like and then our our prospects come in and they're wearing full suits like they're head to toe they have ties on and everything so i remember feeling like man i've made a horrible first impression um and not only like with the prospects but also with my team they're thinking 
this kid is like, he doesn't know what, what he's doing. Like he's out of his element. And kind of to the point that you were saying, that negative experience, I always remember. And sometimes I think about it and I'm, I just cringe. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, why didn't I just wear nicer clothes to go to this meeting? But I think one of the ways to combat that is by replacing that negative experience with the positives that have come since then. So closing my first deal or running a demo with eight people from a, a major company and, and being able to navigate all the questions, we can quickly forget those positive experiences and, and focus on the negative ones. And that can you know make us feel more like an imposter. So I just wanted to share that story um, because to this day, I'm like, David, anytime there's a pitch, I mean, obviously nothing's in person right now, but if there's ever a pitch in person, I'm not taking a risk. I'm wearing nice pants, nice Both shirt, and dress shoes, uh, but but also not hinging on to something that was negative but happened over a year ago when obviously there's been so many wins since then. Did you, like, what happened after? Like, did your coworkers tell you anything or? Yeah, so so we had a conversation and obviously, like, I apologized for, for being late and you know, I said I planned it out, but it didn't work out. Um, and then he just like gave me some feedback. He's like, "Oh, it's it's really not a big deal." But usually in this industry, because I was still in a sales role, but it was a different industry than what I've been in the past. So he's like, "In this industry, common practices, in-person pitches are a bit more formal than what you're probably used to." Um, so it was great feedback, and and overall, like my my coworkers took it really well. It was more just me like holding on to the experience, being like, "I would have loved to like come in." crushed it, made a great first impression, dressed up really well. But, you know, that's the way life goes sometimes. You'll have many more pitches that you're going to crush. But yeah, it's important to learn from those moments and not be too harsh on yourself. Uh, like I said, Manuel, you dropped so many different gems. But if you were to summarize it or package it into a life lesson, let's say someone can only tune in for this por portion of the episode and there's one takeaway that you want to leave them with, how would you, how would you present that? I would love to leave people uh, with the idea of always be learning and always be growing. Like never stop reading, never stop learning about your craft, whether you're in marketing, in sales, you know, like if you want a leadership position in your company, there are so many great resources out there. Find people who inspire you. Like they don't have to be people you know. It could be people on social media that you start following and you see as a role model, right? Uh, but just live life uh, with this uh, mindset of always be learning, always be improving. And just, um, I, I loved what you said, David, about giving, right? And not taking away from others. So I think the more you can give to other people and the more you can give to society in general, um, the more you will receive as well and the happier you'll be. Especially when, when we might reach a milestone it's really easy to just say, hey, like this is this is it and, and I've made it. Um, but having that growth mindset and that learning mindset like you've hit on is, is so important um, and being able to share with other people. There's so many things. I feel like most of the things that I know in life aren't even things that I figured out for myself. They're things that I've just learned from other people. Um, and if you can be part of that, that giving community, you never know whose life you're impacting and ultimately setting up for success. And like you said, those things come back in, around maybe in a couple of weeks or maybe multiple years down the line. Yeah. So help other people, you know, put your knowledge to, you know, apply everything you learn and, and help others also do the same. So I think that's one of my goals. Um, and I hope to continue doing that, just helping others through fellow, you know, through co fellows content, be better leaders, better managers, but also through my personal journey, just empowering other people to 
to adopt a growth mindset and and know that we all face imposter syndrome. We all mm. have these moments of doubt, but if you take life from a growth mindset, um, you you can achieve great things. I mean, if there's any takeaways from this episode, always be learning, always be growing. Imposter syndrome isn't something that's unique to you. We've all experienced it. We've all faced it. Hopefully the tips that Manuela shared can help anyone that's uh, battling that. It's honestly been such a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. And best of luck with everything that's coming up for you. Thanks, David. Best of luck with your podcast. I'm so excited to listen to all the other episodes. So congrats on the launch. And I'm sure it'll be a huge success. One of the reasons that I love chatting with Manuela is just the concrete examples that she gives um, and also how she practices what she preaches. And for me, my biggest takeaway really is that idea of the I got this document, creating a record of accomplishments, big and small, positive affirmations and reminders whenever I do reach those moments of adversity or those moments where I might have a heightened sense of imposter syndrome. That's something that we can all put into practice, a reminder that I got this, we got this, uh, and we can continue to employ in our work lives, but as well as as we continue this this journey to answer the question of uh, passion, purpose, or paychecks. I would love to know what your biggest takeaway was. If you're not following already, it's at Life IQ Podcast on Instagram. Episodes are dropping every other weekend. Thank you all for rocking with me so far. Cannot wait for you to hear uh, what else this season has in store.